You're listening to the Better Health Podcast with April, a platform dedicated to coaching women in areas of health, lifestyle, and legacy by speaking with leading health and wealth experts and with the goal to inspire women to thrive in their lives today and in the future. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Better Health. Today on the show, I am speaking with Molly Eliasoff, who is a couple psychotherapist that has worked with individuals to improve their intimacy and communication in their romantic relationships and marriage. This is going to be such an exciting topic. I'm looking forward to it. So welcome to the show, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be awesome. So to start us off the bat, where are you from and what was your childhood and family like in regards to health? And maybe we can get more specific and not say health, but like, you know, the topics that you work with. For sure. So, wow, we were going to start with a broad question. So I'll try and go everywhere with it, but you'll have to rein me in if, if I get off topic too much. Um, so I am from the East Coast. I am from New Jersey and I spent most of my adult life in New York. And honestly, a lot of my childhood was also going back and forth to New York. My, a lot of my family lives in the city or in Manhattan. Um, and that was just always a big part of kind of my ability to see the rest of the world and get to know this amazing hub and other people and other connections. So it became this window of not only growth within myself and being able to connect with my family, but be able to witness how other people communicate with one another. You know, I don't know, I don't know if you've been in New York, but like a lot of the communication is just done very visually and mm-hmm. audibly, very rapidly. And so it was a huge window into what connection can look like for so many different people, which I was super appreciative mm-hmm. of. Um, you know, and and from there, you know, I really got focused, fast forward many years now, <laughs> to working with couples. So I do it in all kinds of, I work with couples in all kinds of ways through therapy, through coaching. And now I have some online courses where couples can like learn on the fly and they don't need my direct support, but can just grow on their own. Um, And I really attribute understanding communication and connection a lot to my parents. Um, Mm -hmm. My mom's therapist and my father is very curious about how to more deeply understand himself and the people Mm -hmm. in the world around him. And so it was always something that was in our home was how do we understand one another? How do we communicate about it? And how are we taking care of ourselves all at the same time? Mm, That's amazing because a lot of times not many people can say that they've grown up in a home where, you know, either one or both parents was very in tune with, you know, the emotional aspect of things, the communication side of things. I mean, there's, there's many experiences that people have where, you know, that wasn't necessarily a priority or something that was thriving, I guess you could say, growing up. Yeah. And, and just to clarify, because I know you might be listening and think that that sounds idyllic, right? But the, the actual, you know, the truth behind it is that my parents are human. I'm human. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, right? How you see me in this one moment would be really different than when I'm hangry at the grocery store, right? <laughs> like, we're all human, right? But I think what I really learned from them was this deep sense of curiosity, right? They were always curious about how do they connect better? How do they understand themselves differently? How do they understand the world differently? And how does that all fit together? And so I think mm-hmm. that becomes superpower in terms of understanding communication because I mean, I'm sure we'll get there, but at the root of it, it really is curiosity. 
Mm, that's that's a great point. I love that you bring that up because curiosity is such a, a key part of life and many times it's just forgotten about and people get into the, the main mundane tasks of life without you being curious. And that's truly what can trigger, you know, dreams, communication, like it's a key part of living. So I would love to know what got you into the role that you're doing right now, helping couples with their relationships and helping them to thrive? What, what got you to this point? Man, uh, there's so much to that journey, but I think that the short story is, you know, when I first went to school, college, I was a really, um, I was a nervous student. Like I really wanted to do well. I had done really well through my academics in high school and I really wanted to succeed. And I took all the classes that I ideally wanted to take, right? I wanted to understand people and connections. So I went for metropolitan studies and I studied sociology and I loved and have always loved math. So I went right into like the hardest mm. math class I could get into. And I was just scrambling. I mean, college was very different than my high school education. So it was mm. pretty nerve wracking. Um, and in the first like semester, even before some grades came out, I, I really panicked. Um, mm. And I always think about an interesting like point of of growth and change in my life like there could have been a really big pivot in that moment and you know my my mom who is a huge support system for me suggested in that moment instead of panicking why don't you finish up the semester and then try a class around therapy and mental health hmm. it was something that you know, she had always kind of communicated about with me um and that's how my brain worked how we spoke in our house so when i mm -hmm. took the class things came really naturally i i was really curious naturally and so I wanted to dive deeply. Um, and from there, I got some opportunities to start working with kids and teenagers. And I started like loving the idea of infusing play. You know, part of my mm. personal is, is dance. And so I was always really curious about not only the mind, but how we kind of move through understanding ourselves using every bit of, you know, our body and our mind, right? All of our senses. Mm. And so, when I was doing work with children, I realized really quickly that, you know, I could help a child in the room, but what mm. really made the difference were the adults in their life. And not just mm. me, the one that they saw for 30, 45 minutes once a week, but really the people that they saw often. So that'd be mm. teachers and, you know, coaches and parents, right? And so right. parents really needed to feel confident that when they were there supporting their child, they knew what they were doing. They knew how to help. They knew how to show up. I didn't have these like secret magic powers. I could teach them exactly what I was doing in the room that would help for the 30 minutes. They could mm -hmm. then go replicate at home. Um, mm -hmm. So that became a huge gift and a huge game changer for me. And from there, I realized that parents didn't always effectively talk to one another. Mm -hmm. I could teach mom exactly what to do with their son and dad was totally lost. And then they were at odds about using this intervention at home or vice versa. And, or you know, no matter what the family dynamic looked like, right? Mm -hmm. um, this could be grandparents or you know, a same-sex marriage, it doesn't matter, right? Um, it, what was really fascinating to me was that you know, in these moments, in these relationship moments, that conflict was really at the core of being able to help their child more. So mm -hmm. I got really invested in helping parents speak together. And then I realized couples, whether they had kids or not, needed help speaking together so they could stay curious and get more out of life. Mm, wow. That, that's an amazing background story of it all because you truly got to the root 
of the cause of what you know children and their ability to communicate and and growing up learning how to communicate properly you know it all comes down to the root of things so who do they see most of who do they look after and like observe daily you know the people that take care of them the most often and so getting down to that root was key i'm sure and so then obviously it led you to what doing what you're doing today <laughs> and i would love to know now what, what is it exactly that you do when couples come to you? What's a broad overview of what you do for listeners that are kind of like trying to gain what you're doing? For sure. So I would say primarily right now, I have these opportunities to, to learn from me through online education. So I have mm -hmm. some online classes that you can take and they're just videos. They're recorded information. They're my formulas on how I have transformed couples that we're on the brink of divorce to deciding to have another child together and stay together forever um, in really short windows of time. So that's one big way that you can connect with me. I'm big into the entrepreneurial space, which is why I love to work with entrepreneurs. Um, so running that business is a big piece of my life, making sure we get better at the way we're communicating the formula um, mm -hmm. and learning from the community of what they're learning and what they need more of um, is a big piece of how I spend my time. And then I have a segment of clients um, and couples that come to me and do VIP work with me. So that looks like, you know, three hour stretches. Sometimes I do just one hour depending on what the couple can stomach. Um, and it, it's really doing an assessment of where are they right now and where do they want to go? And how do they start to dice up all the ways in which they're not at their ideal space? They're not at their fantasy of a relationship. Now, fantasy doesn't mean perfect, right? But it just means if this is the person with you forever, what would fantasy look like, right? And then what are the hurdles to get there? Is that your past history together? Is that neither of you ever got trained as kids or adults how to communicate effectively and we help you get more efficient? Really, like, how do we dive into where are there places that lead to distancing rather than mm -hmm. further connecting? And then, you know, remedy that. Right, right. Amazing. That's, that's a great uh, process that couples can come to you for and having the ability to get a chance to have VIP work done with you is, is really cool. And so I would love to know, you know, when couples come to you to work just solely with you, what, what are some of the biggest um, trouble areas, I guess you could say, that couples have? Mm. I mean, I think it really varies. You know, every couple's got its own unique story, which is always really interesting. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that I think is across the board is I don't think we're ever really taught how to effectively communicate, especially our emotions, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's so much stigma around having emotions to begin with or how to even um, decide, decide them, decipher them within ourselves, right? And then there's mm -hmm. this whole other layer. Now, how do we take that from our internal self and communicate to the external world? and mm -hmm. be understood, accepted, and still loved or held during the process. So a mm -hmm. lot of what I teach is really how to get in touch with yourself, but even more than that, then how do you bring that externally, especially to your partner when you're willing to be vulnerable in a safe setting? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then there's all kinds of really, I think, very common barriers that as a result of our society not really teaching the skill, come up all the time for different couples. And so my job is really to like get those moments out of the way because life I think can really be simple. Mm -hmm. Even with everything going on, I think there's a way to simplify our lives and simplify the way we connect and communicate. 
Mm, that's that's amazing. And so thinking about people that are listening, if they're thinking, well, you know, I don't need to go to someone like you to deal with the problems I have, because I don't really have that many problems. Yeah, we don't communicate 100% right. Um, what would you tell those people? Like, wh- who would you advise to come to you for that assist- assistance extra extra eye and pair of pair of eyes, I guess you could say, to speak life into their relationship. 100%. So I would honestly say every single couple. I'm going to narrow it down. Let's, let me start there and I'll tell you why, okay? <laughs> I really think about getting this assessment done once or twice a year, the same as getting your, you know, physical once a year. You mm-hmm. really just need to make sure everything's kind of okay. You're doing an assessment of where you were in comparison to last year. And then you're also making some actual decisions about how you might want to evolve and change right? So mm-hmm. you may go to that UK physical and be doing pretty well health-wise, but decide there's this little place in your life you can optimize mm-hmm. the way you're feeling, sleeping, etc. Mm-hmm. And we don't really do that in our relationships, especially a romantic relationship, which is at the heart of every major life oh, decision. Yeah. It's the person you're literally sleeping next to. It's often the person you're deciding, like, should we move? Should we have another child? Should we change our family structure? You know, these are big choices. And so to assess, like, how are we effectively working together? Just that one time a year can radically transform Mm -hmm. the year for the two of you and the trajectory of your relationship. So that's, that's where I start. (laughs) And then if I'm (laughs) going to break it down further, right? I think it's really common that couples come to me when they're in some kind of state of stress. So that means like there's some hump that they can't get over. They're really Mm -hmm. struggling to decide, you know, are we going to get married or are we not? Or, you know, if they've been together a long time, so we have another child or should we not? Or they just know things have been more difficult than they need to be, and they can't figure out how to get back to, I don't want to say happy, but I, I think mm-hmm. about it as like honeymoon stage. So that's mm-hmm. usually a time when people come to me and say, hey, mm-hmm. get us out of the rut. And then <laughs> that's my, that's my, <laughs> but I, I really believe there's preventative and then there's action. So it, it's really both. Mm. And it's almost as if like those that feel like they're doing all right, it's good to have those maintenance checkups to see, okay, you know, let's, let's get back on track. There's little areas that, you know, could become a bigger problem in the future. So let's get those little areas back on track. And it's, it's necessary for so many areas of life. You know, you think of a car, you have to maintain that. So just like you were saying, a relationship needs to be maintained, especially if it's the heart of your life in a way. I mean, if you think about star athletes, right, like a star Olympian athlete, even if they're spectacular in what they do, they need coaches and mentors Mm -hmm. and people who help them so that they can execute effectively and efficiently. And so Mm -hmm. my job is for you to execute life effectively and efficiently Mm -hmm. and have so much more satisfaction as a result. And why not make sure that this piece of your life gets the assistance so you can kind of go, we're in good shape and we can move Mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And so when couples come to work with you one-on-one, what are some of the core areas that you like to focus on, you know, and to um, work on in the relationship, whether maybe it's like communication as a pillar or something like that? What, What do you start to focus on? Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I really, when someone comes to a VIP session with me, I really try and hone in on what it is they need support with, but I'm often, Mm -hmm. often really looking at, you know, if we go to this idea, because the entrepreneurs listening are really going to get this right, that your business kind of is, is, is like gears that work together. 
right? Mm -hmm. And if one piece of it is not working efficiently or effectively, the whole thing gets thrown off, right? It's the same thing in our relationship. So I really want to understand the gears, right? And we call mm. pillars, but I really think about them maneuvering together. I love that. It's like and a flywheel. Part of that's communication. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Like exactly like a flywheel, right? And so part of that is communication. A, a, another piece of it is understanding yourself. And I don't mean like going to explore who you are, which could be a piece of it. But what I find is that sometimes in relationships, people spend a lot of time trying to change what's going on between the two people without fully mm -hmm. understanding what it is they ideally want. So that's mm -hmm. a big piece of the work with me is really getting in touch with like, what is the fantasy? And then how do you ask for it and try mm -hmm. and receive it from your partner? How you discuss it? What are the barriers that get in the way of that? Is it, you know, stressors about money, family, you know, family planning, et cetera, mm -hmm. what is getting in the way so we can absolutely remove that. And then how do we bring fun life and connection <laughs> back into it? So all of these pieces kind of really work hand in hand. Mm. So interesting. And it's actually funny you bring up the whole barrier aspect because that was one of my next questions of like, okay, what are some of the common barriers that get in the way from somebody or a couple, you know, really working on their relationship and, you know, going in the right direction? What, what are some common themes that you've found? For sure. So I think not having the language to describe their emotional state is such a big one, mm -hmm. right? Not knowing exactly how to express I'm feeling blank in a way that's nuanced is really missing for a lot of couples and people, right? So I think we all kind of know the happy, mad, sad, right? That's, yeah. that's pretty easy for most of us to reach for or annoyed or frustrated. <laughs> like those are easy, right? Yeah. You know, but how do we go deeper? How do we get so vivid in our expression of self that it is easy or easier for our partner to translate. Now, mm -hmm. I don't mean going so deep, dark, twisted that we're distressed by expressing our feelings. It's the opposite of what we wanna do. We wanna mm -hmm. make it easy for ourselves and easy for them. So mm -hmm. how do we say something that says, you know, I'm feeling really vulnerable right now because mm -hmm. I feel nervous about what's happening in my new work opportunity. Mm -hmm. That feeling is, now also making me concerned about your perception of me, right? This new business mm -hmm. venture that could be a total hit. You know, I'm taking a huge risk and I'm worried that you're also not gonna be secure with me along mm -hmm. the drive, no matter what happens in the change, right? Mm -hmm. Being that vivid gets our partner really understanding where we're coming from and being almost in our mind, which mm -hmm. is really different than just being like, hey, are you cool? Are we okay right now? Right. Cause that can mean so many things. Right. And then right. if our partner echoes like, yeah, I'm fine. I totally understand the gamble you're taking in your business. Mm -hmm. Then we think the conversation's complete, but there's all these layers that are now missing. Mm, totally. So it's, it seems like being more specific, especially with your emotions or, you know, what exactly it is you want or you're feeling at that moment is going to be key. So that, that leads into kind of the thought of, okay, when the couple walks away from meeting with you, what are some of the tips and what do you advise walking away and the day-to-day -day life? Because it can be like, wow, this seems so easy when they're with you, but then when they walk away, it's like, 
oh shoot, this is actually, this is not as easy as I thought. What do you advise for those types of people? <laughs> Pretty much everybody. <laughs> uh, pretty much everyone, right? Because when we're, when we're learning anything, it takes us time, right? I, I always come back to the example of language, right? I could be proficient in my ability in my classes or when I travel the world in my ability to speak Spanish. But you sit me in a room where that's the only language spoken and there's multiple conversations going on and someone's rapid fire speaking to me, I am not fluent, right? I am going to be very lost and very confused. <laughs> and so it makes sense. It's the same thing we're doing when we learn any new skill. It takes time. It takes practice. It takes comfort getting into fluency and not just proficiency. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I always just try and teach every couple that works with me is like, you're not going to get it either. Like, this is hard. I don't always get it right. And that's yep. the point that in relationships, we're trying to constantly be in this feedback loop with one another, where we're learning, engaging from one another. Did I make sense to you? Are you mm -hmm. receiving what I'm saying? Are you receiving what I'm saying in the way that I intend, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really starting to get comfortable with trial and error. So that's a mm -hmm. big piece of what I try and leave couples with. And then I try and get really concrete on, you know, depending on the pillar that they're, the pillar that they're really struggling with, mm -hmm. what they kind of need to practice in their relationship on an ongoing basis that's going to help them thrive more. Mm, so definitely. for example, you know, if a couple is struggling with how to communicate around trust, right? Mm -hmm. This is a big topic, whether there was past infidelity or in your life, you witnessed that your mm -hmm. parents didn't have trust in their marriage or you've had trust issues in other areas of your life, like a business partner, or, you know, just something you never anticipated changing. And all of a sudden that gets played out with your partner. Like, where do you start? What do you do? Right. right. And so again, there's so many layers to this discussion, but like really yeah. keeping it simple is how are you guys currently talking about trust? Mm -hmm. Where are you with that topic right now? How much is it vibrant and alive in your relationship? And do you feel like you have the words to be mm -hmm. able to talk about it? And so depending on where they are on that journey is where we start to, to start. It's where mm -hmm. we insert kind of, or where I insert some exercises and tools that they can go back and focus on that one area until that feeling of mastery happens and they're able to move on mm -hmm. to the next one. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It seems as if, you know, seeking to understand on both sides of it, the fence is what needs to happen and really putting yourself into that person's shoes of like, okay, why might they be feeling this way? Not just thinking, well, the way you're feeling is wrong or, you know, I don't feel that way, so it must not be correct. And just seeking to understand the other side of things. And also, you know, that's a really great point that you bring up, you know, what if the area is trust that's, and it seems to be a, a spot that they need to work more on. It's like, okay, addressing an area that they're struggling in and then coming up with like dialogue and communication and questions around that topic and having maybe like a daily, um, daily communication session around that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I like to make it even simpler, right? So mm -hmm. if daily feels overwhelming and you're like, oh my goodness, this topic we never <laughs> want to talk about now has been our life all the time. What are we going to do? You know, it's like, how do we just like figure out how to make it simple? How do we start bringing it alive in your relationship so that it's not so nerve wracking, exhausting and vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. That might mean talking about how you trust your partner to pick which groceries are on the grocery list. Mm -hmm. How do you have this simple moments of trust already in your life? 
How do you Mm -hmm. assess how you're already winning and use that as the floor as you build up versus the Mm -hmm. other way around? And I want to go back to something you said, because I thought it was really interesting. And I I think this is so important and such a a cornerstone to what, like how I think and, and how I work with people. You know, this, this visual that you painted of like on both sides of the, or on the other side of the fence, right? I really felt division. In that visual, I felt there is a right and a wrong, or there's a a right side and a left side, right? And Mm -hmm. and that's, in my mind, not the concept. You know, I mentioned earlier, part of my background is as an artist. And so when I think about a couple, I think about them like splatter painting a piece of canvas together. You know, it's like, it's got to be exploratory, but also it's this thing you're co-creating. It's not really just one of you showing up or the other. It's how you're working together. So when you start grading yourself on right and wrong, I kind of chuckle because you're automatically losing when you're, mm-hmm. when you're thinking that way and you're working that way. The mm-hmm. flip side is to be able to go, we win when we work as a team. So mm-hmm. how are we moving through this as a team? Mm, I love that you bring that up and I address that because yes, totally, you know, having that visual of like the side of the fence, it's such a division and that is not what a relationship is supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to be in sync with each other and working on the same team, working together versus like, oh, well, they're good at this. I'm good at this. And, you know, we'll both utilize those strengths, but it's when you come together and utilize those strengths, you know, not being necessarily independent, but codependent. And co-functioning, right? Like, because mm. codependent can have a whole other host of meanings. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, you know, forgive me because nuance is exciting to me, right? Yeah. I find the curiosity of how we are communicating and about communication really fascinating and mm-hmm. essential. It's almost like every word we want to be so like, thoughtful and intentional and careful, but also playful and exploratory, Mm. right? Like that thought wouldn't have been triggered in me unless you had brought it up. So it's exciting to me that now we're playing together by communicating about it, right? And so how do we like bring that energy all the time into our relationship so that we we co-create? That Oh my goodness. I just love you, Molly. Like the way that you (laughs) just worded them, like, wow, like that is communication at its core right there. That is a fun dialogue that people are missing in their lives. And it's like, it's taking that imagination of what you just said and running with it and just having the dialogue amongst one another. So I just, that was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So, so before I do start wrapping up, I do have like another question in regards to, okay, if there are two, uh, there's a couple, I should say, if they are very similar, because a lot of times entrepreneurs can have that same visionary mindset, that same go, go, go mentality and like very bold in what they want. You know, when a couple is so similar, um, whoever they're with, what areas could that create an issue in? And how do you optimize the fact that you are similar versus seeing it as like, whoa, this is, this is an issue and we just butt heads all the time because we're so similar. What would you, how would you go about that? Love this question. So I immediately started thinking about business again, because again, I'm, I'm also a serial entrepreneur. Like I love the world of business and I think the parallel for people who are in that world can make understanding relationships so much more simple. So if you were 50-50 partners with someone in the business and both of you brought a really strong, similar 
skill that you're both visionaries, right? So you're both able to like create these massive and major ideas. And in fact, when you do it together, it brings out so much more, right? You both like kind of next level your concepts. Mm. You need a team, right? My guess is that partnership in business needs an operations team. They need someone mm. really organized who can execute. It's just figuring out those balances. So then everything can actually manifest pretty seamlessly. Mm. And you need the same thing in your relationship. Now, I know that sounds <laughs> kind of odd. You might not like hire someone to be there for your partnership, but well, you might, right? Like mm -hmm. this is why people hire staff in the house, right? They hire a house mm -hmm. cleaner. They hire, you know, someone to help with childcare because they know that mm -hmm. they need help just with the execution of the day to day so that they can be the visionary. So they can have this playful concept where, you know what, we should take the kids to the park and do this really playful game on our blanket, you know, where we're all mm -hmm. running around it. We should do something like that. That concept can't come alive if you don't mm -hmm. have dinner on the table. So if yeah. you need help with execution in your, in your day to day life, you may need to hire or add in systems that allow mm -hmm. for that, right? This is why, People eat up the, the you know, HelloFresh, the box meals that come mm. because there's an element of execution you don't have to think about and worry about anymore. So in the same way, you would not only structure your team, but also optimize your business. Mm. You want to optimize your relationship. It's the mm -hmm. exact same process. So if the two of you bring great strength to the table, that's something to celebrate. And now the question isn't that we have an issue. The question is, how do we optimize our lives together? So we're both just constantly floating on our strengths and we're letting go of the things that are really holding us down, especially as a relationship. Definitely. It's, it's avoiding the possibility of conflict arising because, you know, someone has expectations that these details need to be arranged, but the other person, you know, that's not necessarily their strength either. And having the expectations there and the fact that like if someone doesn't measure up to it can create conflict so it's like how do we optimize our strengths together and then wherever you know we might not be the best in having those people to fill in those details and to create a flowing and a smooth um operation like you were saying yep a hundred percent and i and i would just add to that you know i don't think any any relationship just in case you're listening and you're freaking out i don't think <laughs> any relationship is void of conflict. We all have mm -hmm. conflict, right? It's the same thing when something happens in a business deal that you don't love, you still have to work through it. You know what I mean? You have to understand where you're coming from and what you want the ideal goal to be. The same thing's going to happen in your relationship. The goal in the relationship is to keep that play and curiosity, even in those moments to remember mm -hmm. your team. And the whole process of having a sticky moment is to work through it together to get to even better in your mm -hmm. relationship. Mm, definitely. And not avoiding it, just addressing it in a healthy way. Yep. Yeah, I love yep. it. Wow. Well, to, to start to wrap us up here, I mean, we could just keep going and going. This is so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but to start to wrap up, do you have any key takeaways for listeners? Yeah, check in with what I call your golden truth. I really mm. want you to think about what makes your relationship so special and important? Mm. Why are you there? What, what does this person in your life mean to you and how are they changing your world? And then how do you use that to constantly shape how you're approaching them and how you're up-leveling the connection that you've committed to? Mm, wow. I love it. 
just rewind that whoever's listening just you know replay the last 30 seconds and remember that right there <laughs> the words <laughs> of molly <laughs> oh, amazing well to end us off we have the rapid fire questions and this is where we get Great. really you know just heated with it all no just kidding but um <laughs> first question to start us off um who is the most influential woman in your life and they can be past or present still um and someone maybe you've met or maybe not have met Mm, off the top of my head, every dance teacher I've ever had. Mm, that's so cool. That's so amazing. I love it. And then the next one, what is your favorite food? Oh boy. Um, and that really varies. Uh, right now, one of the, my favorite things in my pantry are chia seeds. That's been a game oh. changer during quarantine. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're speaking like my life right now. It is literally game changer. Chia seeds are it's just crazy. So we could go on and on about just chia seeds here. <laughs> uh, are you a past, present, or future thinker? All of the above. Mm. Yeah, because it's a great compliment right there. Great trio. <laughs> what is your favorite travel destination or a dream destination you have? Mm. Everywhere. I know my answers are a little uh, macro, <laughs> but that's how my brain thinks. I want, I really would love to see every, every warm piece of the world. I am not a cold climate kind of gal. So every warm piece of the world, I really want to go see. hundred percent. I'm the same way where it's like, you could tell me we're going to X, Y, and Z and I'd be so down. You know, I, there's always positives to every um, place that you could visit in my eyes. And I just love culture and food. So I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> And then are you a reader? And if so, what are you reading right now? Oh my goodness. Um, I am. I am really big into audio books. I really like to listen to books because I am a big mover, as I mentioned a few times today. So <laughs> as much as I can listen and read, um, I actually was just reading The Measure of Our Lives by Toni Morrison. So that that's mm. my most recent read. Mm, amazing. I, I love it. Thanks so much for sharing about your life and, you know, all the knowledge that you have and the experience you have. It's, you know, really inspiring because you, you dig deep, you have an imagination. You don't just talk about it. You really actually are an example of having imagination. So thank you for that. Um, before we end completely, how can listeners connect with you, Molly? Yeah, come find me on social media. I'm at Molly Eliasoff, M-O-L-L-I-E-E-L-I-A-S, like Sam, O-F, like Frank. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes, but um, come find me on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm, I'm kind of at that uh, name everywhere. So I just really love to hear from people. Message me directly at takeaway you got from this, and I'd love to chat with you. Mm, definitely. I love that it's it's so key for listeners and you follow up. If you're listening, follow up with whoever the guest was. We love to hear what you have to say and it really helps you to learn what you just heard. So thank you so much, Molly. This has been such a pleasure and you, you are so amazing. I'm so glad we got to have you on the show. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. 